Welcome to the Borders of Blue podcast. My name is Lizette. In episode 5 today, Khan Curran speaks of leaving his home country and arriving on the shores of America, the land of the free. He starts off with talking about his father's experience, and he says the following. If my father had been alive, it is doubtful whether I should have come to the land of the free, as he was very much prejudiced against this country. Some 20 years prior to this time, he left England for the United States to improve his financial condition. He was in this land two and a half years. He had been here but a short time when he wrote to my mother, quoting, America is a great and wonderful country. It is a large country and a very prosperous one. A person can make money and everybody has an opportunity but a man will lose his religion here in a very short time. He told my mother that he would not have her or any of the children travel to America under any consideration, as it was a godless land and the Jews were losing their religion very rapidly. He told her if the children were brought up in America, all their thoughts of Judaism would be lost. The Sabbath and the holidays were discarded, God was little thought of, and the Bible was losing its power among the Jews. He goes on to share that his father was very desirous of improving the financial condition of the family and felt that a little more of the world's goods would be of great assistance to them, but that he would not do it at the risk of losing his religion. And so his father had decided to shake the proverbial dust off his feet and returned to England to train his children for Judaism rather than for the wealth of American gold. As he was growing up, he was repeatedly told of the experiences that his father had while in America, and of course it was with much fear and trembling that his mother let him go. She gave him many good admonitions to continue in Judaism and to follow the faith of his father's. She provided him with a nice bag to carry his garments and phylacteries and a small garment to wear in case sickness or death should overtake him, that he might be recognized as a Jew and buried in consecrated soil. Just a note, the Jews are not buried in the same cemetery as Gentiles because the soil that Gentiles are buried in is considered defiled. There is a Jewish tradition which says that if the Jew is buried in consecrated soil, when Michael or Gabriel shall blow the trumpet at the resurrection, the bones of the Jew will roll to Jerusalem and will reach there in time to be raised from the dead. That is an unusual belief, but that is the belief. Khan Cohen says the following, With these impressions of many years standing, I was quite thoughtful on my way across the ocean. I made up my mind that I would do what I could do to follow my religion and be true to my mother and to convictions. Just before landing, however, I met with a serious accident on board ship, the results of which have been with me these many years, and doubtless will stay with me till the mortal body shall be changed to immortality. He said that this was evidently one of the all things to curb his ambition and to prepare him for his future work. He also went on to say that the first few days that he spent in New York were in a hospital some 20 miles or so from the city on an island, where he was among entire strangers, and not many of them being kind at all. 
Even today, sometimes we read of awful things happening in city and state institutions, and I'm sure the lister can scarcely believe that such terrible things are possible. But he had been obliged to attend such a place and knew the whole truth of the matter. The truth is hardly ever told. Cohen then went on to say that to hear the poor sick people groan in this hospital was awful, and the abuse they received at the hand of the attendants was inhuman. After a time, he felt improved from his injury and was cordially received by his cousin in New York City. He then says, My relatives were very kind to me for a few weeks and did all that was possible to make me comfortable. I soon found that New York City was not a place to get help. My cousin was very pious, and he did all he could to encourage me in the way of religion. It was not very long before my religious sensibilities were shocked, and I was soon convinced that my father was right. I can scarcely express how I felt the first Sabbath day after I was located in New York City, this great Jewish metropolis of the world. It seemed to me that the people had very little regard for God, for Moses, or for anything that was in harmony with the teachings of Judaism. My cousin told me of the dangers and pitfalls I was likely to meet, but his children did not follow in his steps. Being with them nearly all the time for a season, my grip on Judaism was fast letting go, and it was not long before I concluded that somehow I could not remain in America and continue as a religious man. He said his health was not improving very rapidly, and the younger members of the family that he was staying with were of no assistance to him in health, morals, or religion. The time then came when he knew that it would be necessary for him to seek employment. He had to earn a livelihood and take care of himself. Among the first things that his cousin told him was to be sure to secure work where he could keep the Sabbath and follow out the teachings that he had received at home. He truly felt convicted that he should do this, and it seemed to him that his conscience was too strong to entirely abandon the teaching of his parents, of the rabbis, and of Judaism. He succeeded at first and felt quite hopeful that he would still be a fairly good Jew even though he was in America. Finally, Khan Cohen secured employment among Gentiles. After a hard and laborious effort, he succeeded in obtaining a position which seemed as though it might be a stepping stone to affluence. But he seemed to have a hard battle with his conscience. It was, must I regard the Sabbath of the Lord, the holidays, the feast days, and really abandon my religion entirely, which were the thoughts that had been going through his mind. And he says, oh, the struggle was awful, but I at last decided to accept the position, hoping that some way I should get through it with ease and grace. But then he goes on to say, the first Sabbath morning came that he was obliged to work. And though there had been times when he did not observe so sacredly and strictly as he should, he still felt that he was not entirely disregarding God's commandments because there were stated times where he could repent and make proper amends with heaven. But now, that day, he was to actually work on the Sabbath, and on those sacred days of which the Lord said that the person should do this, he would be cut off from among his people. Cohen goes on to say the following, It seemed that I could not arise from bed. 
I felt as though I should become paralyzed. Everything seemed against me, even in getting ready to go to the place of business. All along the way to the factory, I felt that I was haunted. My conscience seemed to tell me that God was displeased with me and impressed me that something awful would happen before the day was out. It was a terrific battle, and I thought I never could endure it. I finally reached my destination, but it was with fear and trembling. Every motion I made, I felt condemned. I took the knife to cut the cloth, and in my nervousness, the knife slipped and made a terrible gash in my finger. I felt that I was already reaping. The battle with conscience was on, and it occurred to me now I had gone so far I could not recant. The devil told me I had to earn my living, and that as long as I was in America, I had to do as all others did. I continued to work. I had not been working very long before I cut myself again, and this time worse than the first. I became ill and felt as though I could not work any longer that day. I asked to be excused, so left the shop and endeavored to drown my conscience and some way fight it out. What an awful thing it is to fight against one's conscience. How important it is to have that conscience educated in harmony with the word of God. I finally yielded to the tempter. Cohen then goes on to say that the following week it was not so hard to work, and he concluded that he would take his chances as the rest of the Jews were taking theirs. And so for an entire year he kept his position, until he was informed that he was to be promoted, and it seemed that he was in a fair way to make money. The first day that he worked in the shop, he earned 42 cents. Within nine months from that, he was making 15 or 16 dollars a week. And there was a prospect that he would easily earn 25 or 30 dollars a week. Oh, how true it is that Satan does sometimes permit a man to prosper, that in the end he may more completely compass him with destruction. Khan goes on to say that his health was not much improved. And having let go of his grip on religion, the only thing he had to help as far as he was taught was not on the road to moral improvement. But it seemed as though he might make plenty of money soon and that he could perhaps get good health by paying for it. For a time, everything went well with him and the financial prospects were very encouraging. Occasionally, he went to synagogue thinking that perhaps the Lord would not look so hard upon him and that he felt all the time that his father certainly had told the truth about the Jewish religion in America. But it was evident to him that God had some other plans in store for him, because his stay in that position was not very long. It was a law in the factories of New York that everyone had to be a member of a labor organization, and he had to join with the rest, and he was told that that was the way to get wealth in America. He was further instructed that he only had to perform a job once and that he must never repeat it, even if it was not done well, as the unions will protect a man if he will only keep his dues paid. He went on to explain that a foreman in his department left his position and was replaced by an inexperienced young man, and that one day this young man came and told him that he had not done some work as he thought it ought to be done. and. 
Cohen went on to tell him that it had been done according to requirement and all that was necessary. But this young man insisted on him doing it over again, and he was just as persistent that he had done all that he should in harmony with the laws of the union. The new young foreman informed the proprietor, and he was politely told that he would have to lose his position. The whole thing amounted to only five cents, and could have been done in about five minutes, he had said. And such is the law of human slavery. His lucrative position was gone, and the union concluded it had better not tie up the whole shop for the sake of so small a matter, and Cohen was simply cast out. The months which followed were bitter ones for him, and he had no work for many months, no friends to assist him, no proper clothing to wear, and on many a day he had to walk the streets of New York in bitter cold weather, without any overcoat, with hardly a place to go, and at times with very little to eat. He began to feel that the way of the transgressor is a hard way, the unions would give no assistance, as he had not belonged to them a sufficient length of time, and it seemed to him that he had been forsaken of everybody, and what was the use anyway? In the spring, the labor organization gave him sufficient money to go to Massachusetts, thinking that perhaps he could get work there, as Massachusetts was the home of the shoe industry. After a while, he secured a position, but... This did not last very long as he wasn't accustomed to their ways of working. Another position was soon secured and he managed to get along very well for a time. While he had not reached wealth or fortune, he had at least enough to eat and a place to sleep. But he thought in his mind that God was bringing him around in his own way through a hard school for some purpose. Often a psalm would come to mind that he'd learnt in his childhood. Psalm 81 to 7. And it goes like this. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest Joseph like a flock, thou that dwellest between the cherubims shine forth. Before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, stir up thy strength and come and save us. Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long wilt thou be angry against the prayer of thy people? Thou feedest them with the bread of tears, and givest them tears to drink in great measure. Thou makest us a strife unto our neighbors, and our enemies laugh among themselves. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. And that concludes Episode 5. In Episode 6, Khan Cohen realizes God is working in his life, and he comes once again in contact with Christians. Look forward to being with you next time.